Arizona Sports, Sports, the local sports sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Halfway home on this Thursday edition of the Burns and Gambo show, which means it is time to get you caught up on everything going on in sports. Not the newsiest of days locally in sports, but after this happened last night. Into the hands of Anthony Gill. The final five seconds here at Capital One Arena will tick off the clock, and the Wizards will win it. Final score, 127-102. Washington sweeps the season series. Suns lost on the second night of a back-to-back falling to the Wizards. They got 68 combined points from Chris Paul, DeAndre Eaton, and Mikel Bridges. They all played well offensively, and it was not nearly enough, in part because two guys who have been linked to the Suns. Back to Kuzma, a long three on the way, and good. Nothing but net. He hit that over Torrey Craig. Kyle Kuzma feeling some kind of way to start this game. Handed to Hashimura, using his offhand to ward off Damian Lee, then puts up the jumper and knocks it down at the right elbow. Hashimura hasn't missed tonight. 22 for Kyle Kuzma. He was a plus 34 when he was on the floor. Rui Hachimura, 30 points, a career high. He was a plus 19 when he was on the floor. Tim, two guys who have been linked casually or otherwise to the Suns with the trade deadline about a month away or so. Yeah, uh, Hachimura was apparently offended apparently. that the Suns did not want him in a Jay Crowder deal. Apparently. He dropped a 30 bomb on him last night. So. Yeah. Uh, I, it was a little disappointing coming off what they did the night before, but I think this is who the Suns are now. You just you're, you're gonna you're not gonna know what you're not gonna know what you're gonna get on on any given night. Uh, it's, there's gonna be some inconsistency uh, because you're gonna be relying on guys to score that don't normally score a whole bunch. And some nights they're gonna be there and deliver, and some nights they're not. And last night they did not. Next up for the Suns, they're in Toronto taking on the Raptors tomorrow. One good sign from last night, and not that we're trying to you know blow some. Sunshine or anything. Chris Paul in the third quarter looked like Chris Paul. Chris Paul dribbling up the floor. Pulls up and drills the three over Denny Obvious. Low on the closeout. Chris Paul continuing to feel it. He's got 16 points on the night. He had one of those Chris Paul takeover moments that we just haven't seen very much this year at all. He went through a stretch. The first 24 points that were scored by the Suns in the third quarter, he scored or assisted on 20 of those 24 points. We've seen that Plenty of times from Chris Paul over the last two years, we've barely seen it so far this year where he just absolutely takes a game over. He did it last night for a little bit of a stretch, which is, I guess, an encouraging sign. Well, there's a couple things happening. One, he's getting in better shape. He's getting a better rhythm. The other thing is he's not stupid. He knows he needs to score. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's just flat out the case right now. Dwayne Washington Jr. is not going to go out there and, and score 26 like he did against the, the Grizzlies. That's that's not sustainable. We all know that. Chris Paul knows that. Like, if, if the Suns are going to have a chance to compete and win games, Chris Paul's got to be one of the primary scorers. He's got to force the issue. I think he will, and I think he'll deliver. Injury report from Cardinals practice today as they get ready to take on the Falcons on Sunday morning. James Conner, defensive lineman Zach Allen, obviously with the hand. Cornerback Antonio Hamilton were listed as non-participants for the second straight day. Uh, Zach Allen, we know, is going to be out for the rest of the season. Conner was ill. He was sick. Hamilton has a hip injury. Uh, Right tackle Kelvin Beecham, receiver A.J. Green, Marco Wilson, center Billy Price, and safety Charles Washington were all limited. And linebacker 
for Tanner Vallejo was added to the injury report on Thursday. He was limited with a knee injury. Two games left on the season. The Cardinals are trying to patch it together with duct tape for these last two games. I got to be honest. I, I I don't understand why they're starting Colt McCoy. I, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I I I think Mike Bidwell needs to step in. I, I get it. Cliff Kingsbury's putting his best quarterback out there trying to win a football game. But Colt McCoy's thirty six years old. He does not need to play to get better. You know who he is at this point. Yeah. He's coming off a concussion. You got a patchwork offensive line. And organizationally speaking. Winning the football game is not what is best for the organization long term. Yeah, players are always going to try to play to win. Coaches are always going to try to play to win. That's Sometimes why Mike's winning is not in your that's best why, interest. That's yeah. why Mike Bidwell needs to step in. Yeah. And I don't advocate that like an owner doing that. But Cliff might not even be here next year. Very well, might not be. We also heard from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, who will try to replace Buda Baker for the last two weeks. Well, right now is a combination of uh, Isaiah and Banjo. You know, we got to move some guys around us to get the best eleven guys on the field. You know, we're down Ham, maybe we're down Marco, maybe. You know, so we've got to move some guys around to get the best eleven on the field. A little later on in the show, you and I are going to have a conversation about Isaiah Simmons. Since he's going to be getting, and we we can touch on it briefly here, but a little bit later, I think we need to have a conversation about what we've learned about Isaiah Simmons and what role he's going to play the next couple of years for the Arizona Cardinals. How about just find a place for him and stick him there? That's been tough to do. That's been tough to do. Yep. We'll talk about that a little later on in the show. From the National Football League, benched Raiders quarterback Derek Carr will be away from the team for the final two weeks of the season. And, of course, the rumors are now swirling that not just on where he's going to land next year, but if Tom Brady will be the next head coach, or the next head coach, the next quarterback of the Vegas Raiders. Maybe he'll coach yeah, and be the quarterback. Say, yeah, maybe he'll do both. Don't put it past him. What the hell? Why not, right? Who was the last player coach in a major sport? It's not, it's not as long ago as you would think. Anybody know? I, I don't. Trivia question. Somebody tweet us. Burns and Gambo Show. The last play player in major sports? Yeah. Ooh. Let's think about that one. Man, it's had to have been a while, right? Had to have been. People working on the Google machine I right mean, now to find out. Like, did Magic never did it, did he? No. Did Magic have a stint doing that? Mitch, you got it? No, I wasn't looking it up. I was just trying to think. Was it MJ when he was in D.C.? No. He wasn't. The, I don't think so. Oh. I looked it up, and it says Pete Rose was the last person to work in a player-coach role, but that was in Major League Baseball. I'm trying to find it for everything. That was in the 80s. But that could also be the answer, Pete Rose. Could last be. player coach. Just not be. as popular it, as it used to be. It, it used no. to be extremely popular. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, this news might be of interest to Tim Ring. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren has emerged as a strong candidate to be the next president of the Chicago Bears. He was one of the final candidates in the Bears' search for the team's next president and CEO, remains engaged after a lengthy search with sources telling ESPN he is a serious enough candidate that he interviewed in person. I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised about that, only because on the surface, I would think a commissioner of a major conference would be a more prestigious, higher paying job than the president of a singular professional sports team. Yeah. But I would tend to think so too. But I could but be I've, wrong. I've on never that. thought about it before. You know, like I, I, I've never thought about 
because they're the not earning power of a commissioner of a major conference like that versus being the president of an organization, at, you know, rolling in money like the Bears are. I mean, I'm sure the Bears are sure. And I, uh, it, I, it's, it's the NFL. I'm sure they're making and I'm sure he's not taking a pay cut. So I'm sure the Bears are going to pony up. Yeah. But I, I look at it this way, too, though. How many how many? There's 32 presidents of NFL teams, but there are also presidents of NBA teams and baseball teams. There aren't that many commissioners of major conferences. Especially right? not ones who have been as successful as the Big Ten has. And they just added USC and UCLA, so you're entering into this new era of the mega conference, and he orchestrated that. And the their TV, new media rights The deal. new media rights yeah, deals. It's interesting to go then be the president of the Bears. It's a weird Thursday night game tonight, largely because both the Cowboys and the Titans are weighing the risk of using injured players on a short week. And that means you're going to have a lot of guys sitting out tonight's game. For the Cowboys, running back Tony Pollard will be inactive. I just heard fantasy owners everywhere groaning or maybe celebrating the fact that Tony Pollard is going to be inactive for this game. For Tennessee, eight Titans have already been declared out. Derrick Henry is not expected to play. They're going to go with Joshua Dobbs as their starting quarterback tonight. They just got him off of the... Lions practice squad like eight days ago. Yeah, seriously, a nod to Mike Jarecki out there. Now for the Titans, tonight's game literally means nothing to them. Next week's game against the Jags means everything to them. So the Jags might follow suit or rest a bunch of their guys on Sunday too against, I think it's Houston. Peterson said they wouldn't do that, but that doesn't mean that he won't as the game goes on. He said there are no meaningless games in the NFL. Yeah, it's but it's going to make for Al Michaels is going to be potentially very grumpy calling that game tonight on Amazon Prime. I think it's possible. Well, Al may have to throw a few bucks on it to keep himself interested, <laughs> which I have a feeling he will. <laughs> and then tonight at Mullet Arena, it's going to be a rowdy one as the Coyotes hosting the Maple Leafs. Oh, it's going to be an explosive environment tonight inside that building. And, uh, you know, I know our team's just looking forward to that challenge to play one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. And then you also add Austin being a local boy coming to town. He's going to want to put on a show and uh, we're hopefully stop them from doing that but uh, it'll be hard uh, I, I don't know if you can stop him maybe you can just contain him but um, you know he, he's somebody that uh, just bring he's going to bring some energy into that building tonight it's, it's going to be a huge death for us Coyotes hosting Arizona native Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs puck drops at 7 o'clock you'll hear it here on Arizona Sports the Arizona Sports app at 98.7 and then real quick but it certainly deserves more time than this Pele the Brazilian king of football who won a record three World Cups and became one of the most recognizable sports figures of the past century in the world died Thursday. He was 82 years old, colon cancer, and had undergone treatment for colon cancer since 2021. This was expected, but obviously you're talking about a very iconic figure in the history of sports. All of my life, until the emergence of Messi and Ronaldo, when somebody said, who's the greatest soccer player of all time? There was no debate. And maybe in some people's minds, there still is there still no debate. One. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. But the headline here on ESPN kind of says it all. Pele was the benchmark against whom all other great players are measured. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, I get it. You're missing your best player. You're missing another starter. You're missing a whole bunch of players. But you lost to them that badly? Again? Again? <laughs> Good timing. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
into the hands of Anthony Gill. The final five seconds here at Capital One Arena will tick off the clock, and the Wizards will win it. Final score, 127-102. Washington sweeps the season series. Just let those words hang there for a minute from Sean Bloom. Washington sweeps the season series. Ugh. Ugh. And I, and I, I get you. Your point, Tim, rang earlier in the show was one that's very well taken. This is how it's going to be now for the next few weeks. We all need to settle in and get comfortable with this. We need to get right with this. They, okay? could, lose, they could lose anybody they play on any given night. There's Absolutely. No, there's no more, oh, they're playing the, the so-and-sos. You know, put a W in the Sharpie before they, they take the court. That's, Those days are over. And that's why your Tim Ring, Devin Booker survival guide plan is, I, I don't want to say it's looking sketchier by the minute because you just implemented it yesterday and it's yeah. only been one game, but it's dependent upon playing a 500 brand of basketball for basically the better part of the next five weeks or so, right? And in order to do that, Part of it is kind of rooted in beating teams that are beatable, beating the teams that aren't that great. And last night, you got to stack up thirteen wins. Yeah, so so <laughs> not getting last night's means you have to beat somebody better somewhere else right. down the road, and that's where. Because it's so hard to predict. It's so hard to know. Can you beat this team tonight? I don't know. We used to know. We don't know anymore. That's what makes it so hard to read whether they can get where Tim Ring needs them to go, whether I need it. Right. Can they play 500 basketball for the next five weeks when we really don't know whether they're capable of beating the Washington Wizards? Yeah. You know, I was very excited about my Booker survival plan. I got home last night. I called up Mike Tyson. And I said, Mike, let me tell you about my plan. And you know what he said? <laughs> he said, everybody has a plan until they get, they get punched in the, the mouth. Face. That's right. Everybody's got a plan. One of the best quotes of all time. Everyone's so, got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. And the Suns got punched in the mouth last night. They might get punched in the mouth a bunch of times. And maybe they maybe they make a deal sooner than later to, to, to bring in some reinforcements. I, I don't know. Maybe Cam Johnson's back sooner than later. Uh, James Jones certainly, if Cam Johnson's close, they're not even ready to tell us he's close. No. Which means I don't think he's close. Doesn't seem like it. I know James Jones plays these things close. If you don't know what we're talking about, we had James Jones on yesterday. And he plays these things real, real close to the vest. But you had asked him, you know, hey, we're coming up. I think Cam Johnson had the surgery on his knee on November 8th. Yeah. Well, in light of the Booker news, can we get a Cam Johnson update? And it was basically, no. I can no, tell you. I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything. He basically said, I, I can tell you that Cam is alive. And we, and we know we know his whereabouts. I mean, that's basically that's, what he said. That's what he gave. No, but, but he, as far as updates go, that's it. That's what we got. That that was, you know, he, he did say campaign was close. And I was reading Dwayne Rankin. Um, I was reading his game story today on AZ Central. And he, he covers the team on the road. So for Dwayne, you know, he's a good go-to guy when it comes to reporting on the Suns when they're away from home because he's really the only one out there with them. He had indicated in one of his stories the belief that Cam Payne will be back at some point during this road trip, which has three games left on it, four games left on it. So, not that he's the end-all, be-all, not that he's the savior, but at least he's a body. right? Somebody. He's somebody who can provide a little bit of relief and hopefully some measure of consistent play out there. But yeah, I mean, Cam Payne's close, but Cam Johnson doesn't sound like he is particularly close. We are coming up on two months for his return. I, I just, I think, to your point about 
the Suns being this box of chocolates, you never really know what you're going to get on a night in, night out basis. Here, here's the problem with that. Well, there's a lot of problems. Here's here's oh here's one. Oh, I got problems. I got problems. <laughs> here's here's one of them. Okay, 24 games between now and the All Star break. 24 yeah, games. 24 that, now. Yep. That encompasses the Tim Ring Devin Booker survival guide. Okay, 17 of those 24 are against teams that are 500 or better right now. Right now. Right now. That could change. Yeah, there's so many games by the time you got to these teams, maybe a few of them won't be. But but for now, that's okay. That's your map, right? That's your and and not knowing last night was one of those games where you weren't playing a five hundred team, where you were playing a team without their best player. And I know you're on the second night of a back to back and I know you got it at four o'clock in the morning. But that was one of those be kind of nice if you got this one so you wouldn't have to worry about getting one somewhere later that maybe would be a bit more of a surprise. And that's, that's what made last night so disappointing, I thought. If you get beat like a drum by 25 by the Wizards playing without their best player in Bradley Beal, at this point to me, I don't even look at the whole we're playing over 500 teams or every team can beat you. Yes. So you got to find a way to cobble together 12 wins here. Now, maybe Booker comes back before the break, and that'll help you cobble together a few more that maybe you weren't expecting. But I don't Booker, think you can count on that. I, I Well, I talked about it yesterday. I, I would shut Booker down through the All-Star break. I, that's what I would do. To, I, I would not mess around because I, we we touched on it yesterday. If you're like, hey, Tim, what are you talking about? If he's ready to go, he's ready to go. I, I get that. But unfortunately, at the, at the one-month mark, February 1st, to February 10th, they're on the road pretty much the entire time, and the NBA crammed six games in 10 days on yep. them. So you want Booker coming back into that gauntlet? Hey, Book, you're back. All right, put the groin to the test. Go play six games in 10 days? Yeah. And do, Or do you want to come back and play in one, taking one off? I mean, to me at that point, their last game before the break is February 16th. And then that gives Devin Booker an additional week off, right? So you come back for the final 22 and then you make your run. I, I just think the Suns almost listen. This whole thing sucks. Don't 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 kid yourself. I mean, it, it it could wallop any chance of going back to the finals for the second time in three years. It could. Mm-hmm. This this thing could torpedo the entire season. But to me, I think you just have to recalibrate how you look at this and try to stay afloat till the All Star break. Make your trades. Get Booker and Johnson back healthy. Get Payne back healthy. Get Chris Paul back in tip top shape. And then you got twenty two games after the break. Try to get on a roll. Try to win 10 in a row. Eddie Johnson talked about that today on a podcast. Try to go 17-5 and five in your final 22. Right. Pull the Golden State Warriors, hit the pedal in April, and go. And be ready to go. And who cares? If you're a four seed or if you're a five seed, whatever. If you're a seven seed, who cares? Who cares? Let's I, go. I, yeah, although and that, that's the other precarious thing about this, too. I, I, and I get it. There's still half the season to go. Man, you look at the standings in the Western Conference, there is... They are not that far from play-in tournament land, you know, in terms of... They're not that far from not being at all in play-in tournament land. I mean, in terms of the loss column, I mean, it's, it's they're all tightly, tight. I was, I was reading a story today about uh, the Montes Sabonis with the Sacramento Kings. They haven't been to the playoffs in 16 years. He's got a broken thumb, right? He's surgery, he's out four to six weeks. He's not going to have surgery because he wants to lead the Kings to the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. So I was looking at the standings to see where they are relative to the Suns. They're like a half game behind the Suns. I mean, they're 
they're right there. They're all right there. Every team in the Western Conference is right the hell there in the standings, you know? So, so where this team is in two weeks, but, but then the flip side of that coin is not that they're going to be able to duplicate this every night, but the way they played against Memphis is proof that it's there, right? Like they can create the kind of effort necessary to beat a really good team on the road that they probably have no business beating. It's just how repeatable is that formula? You know, how 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 many times can you really go in there and do that when you're as shorthanded as you are? It can happen, but can it happen often enough for the Suns? I don't know the uh, answer. You to that. can get that kind of effort, but you're not getting that kind of night offensively out of Washington Jr. You're just not. No, I but mean, you'd have to get it from Chris Paul who didn't really give it to you that night, or Mikel who didn't really give it, or Landry when he comes back, or, you know, it's it's like they have to get it from somebody. They just have to play with that kind of tenacity. They were pissed off. They were pissed off because the Grizzlies stomped all over them and, and made it personal the other night. They have to find that every night. And just tell so, yourself you're mad every night. <laughs> just, you're just, you're, you're just manufactured like, disrespect. You're just like Ruffalo in in the Avengers. You know the secret to being able to when he turns into the Hulk. That's my secret, Cap. Yeah. I'm, I'm always mad. I'm always angry. Right? Just be angry all the time. That's what you have to. Be if you're the Phoenix Suns. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, it's him ring filling in. Of all the hypothetical scenarios that could play out in the final weeks of the season, one outcome presents the Cardinals with a very unique opportunity. We'll tell you what it is coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 4.30 on this Thursday afternoon. Tim Ring, Dave Burns, hanging out with you. The Burns and Gambo Show. Gambo's got the week off. He'll be back next week. Tim is wrapping up his run, filling in for Gambo this week. He'll be filling in for Vince tomorrow on the Bickley Murata Show. He'll be filling in for Vince all next week, if I'm not mistaken. On the yeah, Bickley you guys got all start getting back to work. I got stuff I got to do. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Didn't mean to infringe on all your free time you've got over there, Tim. Catch up on Yellowstone or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, Tim, uh, but uh, he's been great filling in all week long and then tomorrow on the morning show. It's 4.30. Let's get you updated on our Twitter poll question of the day. We're really delving into the hypothetical on this one, but I like this conversation. Let's see if anything's changed with our Twitter poll question of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Hypothetically. Eric Ruby. An extreme hypothetical. An extreme hypothetical, but... I, well, okay. Yes, an extreme there's hypothetical. There's a chance. There's a chance. It's not a great one, but there's a chance. But somebody raised the possibility of this today, and that's what kind of kick-started the conversation. What you got? That's the uh, Arizona Cardinals landing the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. So, hypothetically, if you were in charge and the Cardinals had the number one overall pick, what would you do? Would you take your guy, the guy, or would you trade it for multiple assets? I mean, a perfect world. I, I, I'm not stepping on Tim's toes here, but I think he would agree. In a perfect world, you do both. You trade down, but you don't go too far so you can still get your guy. I don't know if that would be possible or not. So if the option is just either I stay and I make a pick at one or I trade down and get a lot of assets, I'm trading down and getting a lot of assets. You have to explore every possibility to trade down in that situation because you don't need a quarterback. Other teams do. And 
you're more willing to drop down farther in the first round depending on how big the haul is. But you don't want to take yourself out of getting a, a high-impact player. So I just says, feel like the, the quarterbacks in this draft, I don't know if people are going to be fiending trading these huge packages even for the number one overall pick. Well, that's the thing. You know, not all quarterbacks are, tra- are created equal. The, the 49ers saw something in Trey Lance where they're like, this is the guy. You know, let's sell the farm to get him. You know, people may not think that about Will Levis. They may not even think that about Bryce Young. I mean, Bryce Young's about six feet tall, and he's, you know, 180 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, like, not every quarterback class is created equally. No, but I, it seems to me that there are, one of the constants in the sports universe truly is. The quarterback. The quarterback yeah. and, and falling in love with the quarterback during the draft process. Man, that. Always that, after the season ends, oh, too. Oh, right. It's just, it's just a constant, man. It happens all the Did time. Did you see the throw Zach Wilson made at his pro day? Yeah, right. I mean, that one. <laughs> his back leg. Ooh. Yeah, that one throw. Ooh, let's make him the number two pick. And, oh, by the way, we yeah. never should have drafted him, right? I mean, it's got, it happens every year, yeah. guys. My, every year. My guess is Will Levis, uh, the quarterback out of Kentucky, will shoot up mm-hmm. uh, after the process. I don't know if Anthony Richardson, uh, Richardson will shoot up uh, the kid out of Florida. Right. The quarterback, he may shoot up. Will he shoot up into the rarefied era of, you know, could the Cardinals trade down because people want to trade up to get Anthony Richardson? I don't know. I think Will Levis might be a guy. Uh, that comes out of the pre-draft process that could uh, be the apple of some GM's eyes in terms of wanting to trade up, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- listen, the Cardinals that would be a great that would be a great spot to be in to have that number one overall pick. Let's talk about how it could happen in a minute. What are we? Are we still running about sixty forty on this? Yeah, one, this one pretty much staying the same. A little bit of an increase for trading back. That one now leads at sixty one point eight percent, thirty eight point two percent. Say take the best guy, use the number one. Here's pick. why we're talking about this today. If you're if you're trying to figure out how this this came about, um, there was a story this morning on ESPN.com in which they you know, they've got their football power index. They've got their supercomputer over there and they run simulation after simulation after simulation and they, they, they create odds based off of those simulations. And for whatever reason, they chose to write about one particular simulation they ran. And this particular situation simulation was about, you know, Buffalo, what, what drives chalk, right? Like in terms of the playoffs, what's the, what's the most chalkiest outcome? Buffalo number one, Kansas City number two, et cetera, et cetera. Well, part of the residual of this particular simulation they ran, and they even wrote about it in the story. They're like, we were just as shocked as anybody. The Cardinals have about a 2% chance of getting the number one pick, and in this particular situation that they wrote about, the Cardinals had the number one pick. And it it requires Houston uh, winning their last two games. It requires the Bears winning their last two games. It requires the Broncos winning at least one of their remaining two games. And, of course, the Cardinals losing out. An awful lot has to happen here. It seems very, very unlikely. But I do think it's kind of a fun hypothetical, Tim, like if we've been doing, to go down that road and say, okay, what would they do? What would they do if they got it? How would they? How, and I'm sure a lot of it depends on who's making that decision. Who's pulling that trigger? Steve Kime. Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson, somebody else. I mean, we, we, that we don't know. Who's who's in charge of that at that moment is a big kind of X factor in the hypothetical of what would you do if you're the cards? They have to have all that ironed out prior to the combine, don't they? 
They have to. Oh have this. yes. I mean, they, this can't yes. drift on. No, no. I mean, by no. late January, ducks must be in a row. Yes. Hirings, decisions by I, the, I, the head coach. That that's that's an obvious one. That that will be decided by January 9th. Uh, or announced by. It might already be decided. But the whole Kime, GM, new GM, Harris, Wilson, future, that cannot linger. No. It doesn't matter how long Steve is away with the undisclosed medical condition. There must be resolution I think by that February, the, right? If, if there is to be a new coach, I think that can linger a little bit. Just be, the hiring, the firing the, will the happen. Fi- the firing, no, the hiring, I think, can linger a little bit because, it, we, you know, we've seen teams kind of wait for coaches, you know, knowing that they, their guys have to get done with their playoff runs. I think if there is to be a change general manager, if there's going to be one, whether it's an internal promotion or going outside the organization, I think that has to get done Pronto, like within the first couple of weeks of the off season, you've got decisions to make. You've got you've got guys you're going to try to bring back. You're not going to try to bring back. You've got you've got pro days to go to. You've got you know all that stuff, right? You've got combines to prepare for. You, I think you the GM decision, whoever your next GM is going to be, whether it's the current guy or another, you've got to make that fast. I think. I think. By the way. Looking at the the Texans could actually win their last two games for a variety of reasons. There is no way the Bears are winning their last two games. They got to go to Detroit, and they have to finish up with the Vikings at Soldier Field. If the Vikings have something to play, for. I was going to say, do the Vikings have anything to play for? I mean, with the Forty Niners on their heels, I would assume so for that two seed, right? I mean, I, I would think, but if something happens that dictates that they don't have anything to play for and they know they're playing the next weekend or they just rest a bunch of their guys to get ready for the wild card round of the playoffs. I'll never say never in this league, but I don't think the Bears can go to Detroit and win this weekend. But never say never. Well, you're a Bears guy. Let's talk about this. Okay, so let's talk about this hypothetically, though. Cardinals, as much of a long shot as it is, let's say they get the number one pick in the draft. Okay. What do you do? Will Anderson's the guy. I mean, it seems to me Will Anderson is the guy. He's an edge rusher. You can probably get him at two. You can definitely get him at two. You maybe can get him at three. You're not getting him anywhere beyond that, it would seem. Unless there's just this crazy run on quarterbacks and everybody's trying to move up to get him and suddenly it pushes guys like him down to four or five. Chances are you're not going to be able to get Will Anderson. Carter and Will Anderson will be the first non-quarterbacks taken. So if they could go two and three, they could go two and four, they could go three and four. They will be the first two non-quarterbacks off the board. Yep. So how do the Cardinals figure into that? Because if you're the Cardinals and you're not dropping down to 10 or wherever, and you want one of those two guys, got to be in a position to get one of those two guys. Yep. That's what you want, right? Unless the package that you're being offered for number one, hypothetically, is so rich and so good. With mega picks. Mega picks. It's a, it's a Trey Lance whopper. It's, it's just one of those, man, we can't say no to this, even if it means going down to the 10th pick overall in the draft, because we're set up with extra first-round picks for the next three years. 
and a better second round pick this year, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I, I do that. And we, and we say, okay, we're not going to get a Will Anderson or a, or a Carter, but we're going to go get the best offensive lineman in the country at number 10. Hey, we think he's going to be there. Yeah. And you do that, and then you say, next year, we're going to get that pick, and the year after that, we're going to get that pick. And we have a haul to go along with that. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think as much as you might love Will Anderson or, or somebody that high in the draft, that if you're sitting at number one and somebody comes knocking on your door and offers you that, I don't know how you say no to that. Especially for a team that, well, what, what did Collinsworth say the other night on Christmas night? This team needs a little bit of a salary cap reset right now. Best way to do that is to draft well. I mean, they, they haven't had a full, robust, great draft class. You know, I know it's hard to do that, but I mean, like one of those real, you know, like, like the Seahawks just like had. the Seahawks just did, where every single one of those dudes is playing and playing well and contributing. They haven't had one of those in forever. Forever, it feels like. Put yourself in a position to be able to have one of those to give yourself as many chances as to have one of those. I don't know how you say no to that. As much as you might love Will Anderson, I don't know how you say no to something like that. Well, it's interesting. Real quick before we hit the break, the Bears just let Roquan Smith go. And the idea was, well, uh, an outside linebacker on a bad team that wants that much money, well, you don't build yourself a team around an outside linebacker. And now what are the Bears going to do? Take Will Anderson at, at two or three? <laughs> build your, I mean, yeah, right? Build your team around the you guy that you had, thought you were going to build him around just five years Roquan ago. Smith. Yeah. You could have kept him and drafted somebody else. Yeah. Phoenix Suns have been scuffling a little bit and asking for help all over the roster. That includes our next guest, Jock Landale, Sun Center, joining us on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player. With Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Welcome back. It is the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And we are off the court as the Phoenix Suns road trip continues. They lost last night in the nation's capital. Tonight they've gone international. They're in Toronto for their game against the Raptors coming up tomorrow. And joining us right now, guy who got the start for the Suns the last couple of games. It's always a pleasure to have Jock Landale joining us on the Burns and Gambo Show. Jock, how you doing today? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, I'm doing well. Good, good. Glad to hear. Glad to hear you got in Toronto okay. A little bit better, I would assume, than uh, getting into Washington, D.C. at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> No question. That was a uh, that was a brutal uh, little travel day we had there, and learn something new every day. But you can't fly into Washington D.C. airport uh, because of the White House, I suppose. So we had to land a little further away and drive. But um, yeah, I mean, it's all part of the gig. So is what it is. I, I I know you being a professional athlete, you would never say that's the reason why. But just for people who don't understand, getting in at four o'clock in the morning, how does that affect energy levels for a game like? last night when you're on the second night of a back-to-back yeah it does it, it you know it's never an excuse and you've always got to find a way to do it because you know they were on the they were on the, the back of a uh, back-to-back as well but um i suppose that you know getting in late your body clocks off you know you're not giving yourself a real chance to uh to recover is it, it makes it a little bit harder to get up and get moving and then on top of that there's there's not a whole lot of time to to get a bit like a good game plan in place like we did have against uh memphis so there are a bunch of factors that kind of go into it but um 
you know, the, those are the games where you really, you know, you you just got to find a way and 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 show your toughness. And um, unfortunately, we weren't able to get that done. But um, you know, we're still building, and we're still only you know 35 games into the season. So I think there's a lot of promising promising signs. But yeah, we, we've uh, we've got to find a way to get those those jobs done. You thanked assistant coach Patrick Matumbo for recommending you to start a couple of nights ago against Memphis. How did that go down? When did you find out? How surprised were you to hear you were getting the start with Devin Booker not playing uh, in that game? Um, yeah, no, I did. I heard about that uh, through a reporter um, afterwards, and I text Pat on the side and just said I appreciated his vote of confidence. Um, I really didn't. I, I had no idea until uh, you know pretty much the morning of the game um, you know Mont texted me the night before and we just kind of chopped it up a little bit about some stuff and then the, the potential of me starting and um, you know that was that was kind of it uh, for me it's you know nothing out of the ordinary I've started a lot of games in my career not necessarily the NBA but um, it was another game and, and I felt prepped and ready to go uh, for that one and, and did a heck of a job so um, you know it's it, it, it's it's enjoyable to kind of get that vote of confidence from your coaching staff and uh, especially being a first-year guy here at the Suns. It, um, yeah, it was it was good. Forgive my ignorance on this. You said you started a lot of games. Was that your first NBA start? I don't know off the top of my head. That was that was my second NBA start. Second NBA start. Okay. San, San Antonio. Okay. Yep. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't one of those. Wow, this is call mom and dad back home and hey, look what I'm doing, sort of thing. It had happened before, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. It happened. What for you and for your teammates as we're talking with Jock Landale here? What was the difference between what was maybe the best win of the season against Memphis and then following it up with what happened last night against Washington? What was the secret sauce that was working against the Grizzlies that wasn't working against the Wizards last night? I felt as though we had a we had a, a game plan against Memphis that was just you know we were fully bought in, and also on top of that, there was a lot of there was a lot of outside noise in regards to that game, you know, from from reporters, but also from Memphis themselves. So there was a little bit of a chip on our shoulder going into that one, given what they did to us on our home court. Um, kind of the carry-on that they present as a team, um, you know, we we recognise and we hear, and, and I suppose we took that a little bit personally as well. So um, I felt as though that there was a real... Uh, there was a real hunger for that game uh, to go in there and get a dub on their home court and to do it in the fashion that we did it in. It was probably one of the more enjoyable wins I've ever had in my career and I know that there were a few coaches around and players that were saying the same thing. Um, so you know that was that was a that was a night where everything came together. There was a there was a hunger. There was a full team effort. It was uh, yeah, it was really put together nicely. And then on on the other hand, you know, you go into that game against Washington, which again is another game we believe we should have won despite having you know five five or six of our key players out. Um, it was just. You know, it didn't feel like us, so I don't really know what else to put it put it down to. You know, you can come up with a hundred excuses if you really want to, but simple fact of the matter is, we just weren't clicking on all cylinders like we were the night before, and um, you know, we hope to rectify that against Toronto. Jock Landale, our guest here on the Burns in Gambo show, as we go off the court with one of the Suns players, we visit with a Suns player every single week inside the locker room. T- take me inside those walls as as best you can. When you lose a guy like Book, when you find out that he's going to be 
be reevaluated four weeks from now. What's what's the reaction among the players, and and how how do you kind of rally everybody together, or how does the team get rallied together in a moment like that when you lose such an important player? Uh, it's a real next man up mentality. Um, nobody's going to reply to what book does. You know that's that's. 35 points a night, um, you know, throw in like a completely different scheme that a team kind of shows us uh, when when he's on the court. It's it's hard. It, it really is hard to replace that. But it really, uh, in my mind, just it, it's the next man up mentality that we have. And I think that we have such a deep roster. And again, we showed that against Memphis. Um, that you know we we can really go in and get the job we got done against you know any team uh, regardless of book playing or not. So you know that is that is kind of the way that this league works. Um, but you know everyone you know everyone's a really good player on, on 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 every team, and it could be their kind of night any given night. But that's a hard man to to replace because so many so many teams you know defensive schemes are kind of put around how to defend him, and so we see a completely different look when he's off the court. Um, but you know, guys like Jo D Lee. I mean, Landry Shamit's been on a tear. You know, those guys are able to step in and and, and t- you know pick it up a notch. You know, you saw Wash come in and do his thing against Memphis, and we know that all these guys are capable of doing that. Um, so it, it's just about being ready for your number to be be called. And um, you know, I think that we're showing that we can all do that. There's almost instinctually this reaction among fans or media when something like that happens that they've got to go out and do something. They've got to go get somebody. They've got to go. You know, there's this extra level of urgency now towards trying to add mm. somebody. How you know for you guys, your level of confidence in what you have. I know you just talked about that a second ago, but how deep does that go? The confidence that you have in what you've got already. Yeah, it's really deep. I mean, uh, you know, you keep coming back to those that win against Memphis. You know, we were down down bad with a lot of guys out. Um, and, you know, we got the job done by playing good, hard-nosed team basketball. And, um, you know, you can you can quit on us if you want to and, and say we need to go out and get somebody else. But I still have all the confidence in the world and what we've got. And um, I think that's what my, what's most important for us right now is not turning our backs on anyone on the roster or, or um, you know, feeling like we need to go out and get something else. Obviously, I have no say in that whatsoever. But, sure. um, you know, I've seen we've, we've all seen what we can do on any given night and, and, and I have full confidence in this team and with where we're at. Um, you know, we've still obviously got a lot of things to figure out, but, you know, there's, there's 60 games or whatever it is left. Uh, not 60, about 45 games left. So, um yeah, I mean, that, that's all I can really say about that. Jock, we appreciate the time. As always, get some rest in Toronto. Good luck tomorrow against the Raptors, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for the time. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Jock Landale, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, we may have seen enough, something, a flash of the Chris Paul that we know him to be. Does that mean he's continuing to round into form? That's a big, important question for the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about it next. Tim, ring in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show.